Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is a show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between, wherever you are, however you're listening, you know what to do. Like and subscribe, five-star review, yada, yada, yada. More importantly, on one of the best sports days of the entire calendar year, I have the incredible Andrew Heath. He's a former basketball player. This is all serendipity, man. This is all serendipity. This is how I love to do it. He's the founder of Andrew Heath Basketball, co-founder of Balda Books, assistant athletic director and boys basketball coach over at the Drew School in San Francisco. Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Mike, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. It's Again, it's I, how cool is that? We didn't even do this on purpose. We scheduled this interview out like two weeks ago. Just happened to pick this Thursday night. Perfect <laughs> time, by the way. We're kind of in the lull with some of the games, so we're not really missing too much. Hopefully some people come and check it out. But, Andrew... Very excited to chat to you today about the whole sport of basketball because you've been all over it. But most importantly, the first question for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Oh, man, I think uh got some cliche answers, got some nice. personal answers. Um, I think the, cl- the cliche stuff, it, it, you know, life lessons, the, the friendships and uh, memories you make. Um, Ooh, with the memories, you went super cliche. I love that. All right, keep going. Keep it going. You got this. <laughs> um the the connections the network um and then now having it as as a career i feel you know blessed and fortunate to be able to do something i love for for a living um and be able to you know something that i think we all fall in love with when we're playing youth sports or rec league at you know four or five six years old um i've been kind of been able to stay in that world now in my 30s um so just fortunate and just just love everything about it basketball is definitely my main focus, but grew up playing a bunch of different stuff. And I can honestly, you know, I love watching any form of competition, whether it's the Olympics or a high school girls like JV volleyball game. Um, I'm just all about competition. So I love it, nice. man. There's, there's nothing like it, right? Why do people watch reality shows? Like I can give you, you know, the last two minutes of a college basketball game that is so much more interesting than anything <laughs> the Kardashians will ever yeah. do. No offense to anyone that watches the Kardashians, but my goodness. Yeah, no, um, actually, I had a buddy who said uh, sports is like our version of reality TV. Yeah, 100%. You know? so I, I get it. If, if you're if you're going to watch um, the Kardashians or Love is Blind, I get it. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch the Missouri State versus Davidson yep. basketball game on a Tuesday night. A hundred percent, man. <laughs> I am with you. Uh, I promise you that. I think that's fantastic. And and you know, obviously, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. But I want to kick it off. You had a really great point, right? You're you're super fortunate to be able to work in an industry and do something that you love, right? But it's not the easiest industry to work in. And you're fortunate, but you also work extremely hard. Let's make sure we have that line of delineation there as well. You don't just roll out of bed and get these jobs. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But how? How hard is that aspect of it, right? Like just the fact that, you know, I work my, you know, nine-ish to five-ish, right? And then I can watch all the games. And after I'm done, I make dinner. I sit down with my wife. I hang out with her because she's finished with her work. But that's when you're going to work, right? I mean, obviously, you have things to do during the day. You're an athletic director, so you have stuff to do during the day. But then you coach the team. You go play the games. You You do all these things. How difficult is that side of it? Because while it's glorious, while it's fantastic, you love what you do every day, there's some burnout involved. There's some like, man, you know, I'd really love to go on vacation. That would be kind of cool, right? So how do you deal with that aspect of the job before we get into all the fun stuff? I think part of it is just just facing the reality of it, uh, knowing this is what you're signing up for. And I think playing sports growing up kind of prepares you for that a little bit more than if you're just mm-hmm. someone who has no athletic background and you want to be a sports broadcaster or an athletic director. Um, 
because there are even right now my current role working at the high school there are some just very long days where i might be at school at eight and then our basketball practice may not end till 8 8 30. that's like a 12 hour day mm-hmm. and then like you said that doesn't include like my commute back home or trying to have dinner with my fiance um so yeah no i think just preparing for it um but then I also think it's it's you you understand the uh, trade off, and if if it's something you really want, then it's worth it. Uh, I will say, there are times and moments where it is lonely, um, whether you're the athlete putting in extra hours or reps or work, or I'm the only one at our gym like closing up and like turning off the lights. Um, it's just long hours, a lot of alone hours sometimes. You do tend to uh, get pretty familiar with the facility crew or anyone else you work with because uh, yeah, you're, right? awesome. you're usually showing up with them and, and uh, leaving with them. Um, but then you kind of fall in love with it. I mean, even now, being in a gym by myself and just shooting around is like one of the most therapeutic things for me. Um, so I don't I don't mind it at a certain point. Uh, but there is a burnout and that you do have to kind of check yourself and recognize, OK, it's been six days of 12 hour days, I should probably take a day off or take a few uh, mental health days. Um, but it's worth it. Personally, for me, it's worth it. 100%. That's why you do it, man. You've been doing it your whole life, essentially, as you said, you know, you grew up in it, you've been doing it for a while. I guess, you know, it's it's easy to say, you know, take a day off. But I'm sure if there's a game or a practice, you don't just be like, hey, guys, like, I'm a little tired, I'm not coming to work. So like, what are some of the things that you do to kind of give yourself a little bit of that rest to give yourself a little bit of that time back give your fiance i'm sure she wants to spend time with you too right like how do you yeah. actually you know it's easy to say those things but what do you actually do what in practice to kind of give back a little bit it's, it's interesting um i think a lot of the nba players recognize this with the bubble recently you heard mm-hmm. a lot of them say it was just basketball 24 7 and they felt like oh this would be like a dream job yeah. or dream situation um but you realize how many either subconscious or conscious decisions you make to get away from the game. Um, so there will be days, whether it's like a date night or a weekend day where it's like completely no basketball. I'm not going to watch anything. I'm not going to touch a ball. Um, and I think that bleeds into let's plan a weekend, let's plan a trip, or I need to go visit family or something. Um, and you, you do, I think that balance leads to creating more hunger to get back into your craft. Mm-hmm. I've taken my week off. I've taken my five days or whatever off time to get back to work. Um, but it's definitely needed. It's definitely, definitely needed. Cause I think whether you're an 80 or you're a seven year old or eight year old playing baseball or soccer, or basketball, the burnout is real. If you're eight and you don't take any breaks for like four or five years, you see kids at like 15, 16, like I'm just done with the sport. I know I might be the top, whatever in my state or County, but, I've had no youth or life. I'm ready to mm-hmm. just like go to prom or <laughs> have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, so 100%. it's it definitely is, is is important just to understand that balance. Yeah. And you do you you do need someone in your ear mm-hmm. who say, "Hey, stop going to the gym," or "Hey, stop watching film," or "Hey, just do something else besides the sport that you're like obviously in love with." Um, so yeah, balance is is definitely important. Yeah, I think I think it's necessary. I mean, it's one of those things that it's not the easiest, right? It's not the easiest thing. As you said, you kind of need somebody to tell you sometimes, but you do learn over time. She said those poor eight year olds like I've, we've all seen them, right? Like those kids that have that are just like, dude, you're so good. It's like, yeah, but I've played this every single day for the last 15. Like, I just want to play some Call of Duty. It's like, okay, right. I get that. Like, yeah. I totally get that. Because sometimes I don't feel like doing work and I just want to play some Call of Duty. So I see what they're saying. I can't really complain with them there. So I uh, I do want to transition to that into you actually playing 
the sport you love for a couple years overseas, right? So you played in college, then you went overseas and you played. What is that? I guess what was it like for you, right? I've 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 had multiple people on the show that have played overseas, and and it's not quite a bubble, but it, I've I've heard them almost describe it as like you go to your apartment, you sleep, you wake up, you go to the gym, you do whatever you have to do, and then you go back because you don't speak the language, you don't you don't really understand your teammates, you don't understand your coach that well, you just kind of know the pick and roll play that you're gonna run. So like, right. was it is was was there like what was it like for you when you did play overseas, and, and what were some of those experiences, good and bad? That definitely is uh, 100% true for like a, a lot of the, the men and women that, that do play overseas. Um, you show up, you meet your teammates, you go to your practice or game, you might go out for a drink or dinner here or there, but then you go back home and just kind of like repeat that cycle. Um, I was definitely in that at first, but then I made it a point to venture out and be a little bit more of a tourist and kind of like mm -hmm. embrace the culture and, you know, go to different restaurants and try different foods and hang out with, with different crowds. Um, it, it is rough. It is rough. There are many times where you can only speak to like two or three of your teammates, mm -hmm. you know, and it's if, if, if you're having like a bad vibe or bad game, it's a lot harder to get out of that if you can't just talk it out with somebody. Um, but then on, on the flip side, too, I think, the, the great part is you get to see different parts of the world you haven't seen before. I'm also meeting different people, teammates, coaches that I wouldn't have met if I didn't leave the country. Um, not even from a, a basketball standpoint, just from like a life standpoint, um, which I think is hard to appreciate when you're in it. I mm -hmm. think once you're in it, you're focused on, I need to perform well to get the next contract or get the next opportunity. Or a lot of times in the games, there's incentives, right? If you win MVP or get defensive player of the week or year or whatever, you might get an, an extra bag or some more cash. Um, so that's all you're focused on. You're not focused on going to see the local historical site or mm -hmm. checking out what the, the local cuisine is like. You're just, I'm here to, to for my job to get paid. And that's what it is. Um, so unfortunately, that is the situation for a, a lot of guys. Um, I think the longer you play, especially some guys guys and girls will, will find a, a country or team that they kind of embrace and you'll see them learn the language or even maybe start a relationship with someone from that country. Um, and it's, it's very night and day. I haven't met two people that kind of like do middle of the road. It's either I'm embracing the culture or I go to practice and I go home right away. Yeah, so. I've heard it. I've kind of heard it both ways, actually. So you put it, you know, I've heard, as I said before, multiple people just kind of they do that same cycle over and over again. There's no such thing as a weekend. It's just every day ends and why. And then I've also heard of people. I can't remember. I apologize. I had some uh, incredible woman on the show, and she she was talking about how she like she played in Italy and she fell in love with the country and like she did more hanging out than she actually did like practicing and she yeah. crushed it while she was there because isn't it ironic? Though sometimes, as you said, you kind of need to take yourself back. You got to give yourself that mental day because then that hunger comes back and that's what gets you going. So it's that weird like as you said. I have a single focus. I'm trying to do one thing. But at the same time, the best way to accomplish that is to actually take yourself out of that situation so that you can realize what's actually going on. Yeah, no, for sure. One, one, 100%. Um, and I, I think it, it's also interesting, depending on what country you go to, the current situation that the country's in. Uh, sure, so you look yeah. currently right now, like the whole yeah. Ukraine-Russia thing, there are a bunch of players in Ukraine who, who are stuck. Um, once, I mean, it's still going down right now, but when it started off, it's like, oh, crap, I'm trying to get out the country. I literally can't. Right? I'm like, I'm, I'm trapped inside inside these borders. Um, so that's like an, an extreme example. 
But then some other places may not be um, the most accepting to foreigners. So it, it may not even be your fault that mm-hmm. you're not experiencing different cultures or whatever else. So I think it, it also does play a big factor on where you are going to go play, um, which I think is also a rude awakening to a lot of players. It's Especially if you were playing at like a big time college or something. It's like, oh, you're probably the man or girl on campus. Everyone loved you. Now you're going to play in the middle of nowhere, some town you never heard of before. No one even notices you or cares. And if you do try to go out, you may not be getting the best service or the best uh, friendship from the, lo- mm-hmm. the local people. So it's sometimes a rude awakening as well. And then there's, you know, that's that's if you stay in one place, right? Then there's the fact that, as you know, you kind of alluded to it before. It's it's usually one-year contracts when you're overseas. So you're kind of just going from place to place, just chasing the money, doing whatever you can to continue to play the sport you love. Um, but thankfully, you had that opportunity, man. And, you know, like, let's just let, lowest common denominator. You got paid to play the game you love. Yeah. doesn't no. really get much better than that, right? When you really just break it down, it doesn't get better than that. No, it was uh, the first game... It was, it was kind of surreal. So I finished college and then I didn't go over right away. So I finished college, um, went to like a over, one of like the overseas combine tryouts that like a bunch of guys go to. Nothing came from that. So I actually started working for those companies. I started working for the companies that were helping guys okay. get overseas and get those opportunities. Um, went back to grad school. And like this whole time I'm doing things, being involved with coaching and player development stuff. Uh, go back to grad school, get my master's. And then... There was an opportunity to go to China. Um, I took it, jumped on it, and then yeah, about like three, four months in, was playing my first game, and it was just yeah, surreal. Like I'm on, I'm on posters, I'm doing commercials, and it was just awesome. like, like oh yeah, like I'm not playing necessarily at the highest overseas league, but I'm still getting cash and a check to play a game that I grew up loved, uh, felt that I grew up falling in love with. So yeah, no, it was a dream come true for sure doesn't get any better than that and so uh that's really interesting that you're actually so i think it's cool that you're trying to help out right you couldn't quite make it in that beginning right and so instead you're like all right well i'll help other people try and make it i'll try and help other people do their thing so i think that's awesome it speaks to how much you give back and as you said you were you're involved with coaching you're involved with training you're involved with player development that is a big chunk of what you do you own your own company right andrew heath basketball is where you help players you know the youth to college level train and develop their skills what is it about the coaching and the training and the player development that you love so much that you're like, all right, well, if I can't play, right? Like some players are not made to be coaches. We, mm-hmm. I think you've met many of them, right? What was it? Was that always something that you knew you were going to do or something that you enjoyed doing? You know, you were a point guard, right? So you probably helped a lot of people on the floor. Like, is that kind of the, was that, was that the general consensus you had with yourself? Yes and no. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting the whole player development, like personal coach industry is, is fairly new and like wasn't a thing when I when I was growing up or in college. Um, and it just started to kind of like pick up steam like once I, I finished undergrad. Um, so my assistant coach, like my, my college assistant coach was doing that. He asked me if I wanted to come over and start working with him. Um, so I was doing it. I, I was enjoying it, but I was still like, do I want to do this? Do I want to coach? Do I want to do like more like front office stuff? Wasn't quite sure. Um, and we had an opportunity. He brought in some like high level players, um, some overseas guys. And then he brought in uh, this 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 woman player uh, by the name of Chanel Macongo. Um, she played for the Sparks, played at Mississippi State. And we're doing a workout. And also, she's a 6'5 post player. <laughs> Let's um, go. I'm 6'2 on a good day, right? uh 
and we're going through drills and stuff and she's like really asking me questions asking for my input and insight and then she went and played a game and came back it's like oh you know the stuff we worked on really worked and i was just like wow this is this is amazing i'm That's like cool. helping out someone at this high of a level and them actually like respecting my feedback i kind of fell in love with it right there and then obviously not every person i'm working with is a WNBA player or, or nba player um but that really like led me into falling in love with helping that fifth grade kid make his 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 rec league team or helping that JV player make the varsity team next year. Um, and I think those kids are more rewarding than the high profile names. Mm -hmm. Those obviously help bring in the business, but helping uh, I don't know Johnny or 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 or, or Sarah make their team is like what I like really enjoy the most. So that's, that's gotta be so cool, man. Right. Cause then they're, they're just some kid. They're coming to you. Coach yeah. Heath, to coach Heath. Look what I did. Like, how cool is this? Hell yeah. That's, that is absolutely incredible. And I guess like how, so it's, it's awesome that you had that first experience, right? You, you had, you got a bite of the apple. You absolutely loved it. So you, you know, you wanted to go back. You wanted to do more because this wasn't, I guess the forefront, this wasn't the number one thing in your, your mind. How did you then, not quite go back to the drawing board, but how did you then start to develop your skills as a coach and start to develop your skills as a trainer and, and to give feedback? Because, right, you always hear this cliche, like you, you got to coach people differently. Some people can take it. Some people can't. You got to, you know, ease them into it. So how did you kind of learn that aspect of, right, the game you have? That's cool. The, the coaching and the skill development, how did you how do you gain that over time to to be able to help the fifth graders as well as, you know, WNBA players? Yeah, I think as with anything, I think it, it comes down to reps. You, you just need to rep it out. You need your your failures and your successes. Um, and you do understand. And there have been some times where I'll train. Like this past summer, I was training someone who was trying to get a contract to play in France. And then my very next workout was a nine-year-old boy. That's um, He's just waiting, you know, dribbling his basketball on the sideline. watching yeah, this. That's two awesome. Two completely different players, two completely different workouts. Two completely different conversations um so i think you 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 recognize that and then you you see that you can't approach it the same way just off the bat you have to understand i could be a little more critical or harsh on this professional player if we do the whole workout and this kid only makes two shots that might be his best mm -hmm. right and like that's what we have to work with and that's what we have to next workout we'll make three next workout we'll make four um but being able to switch that isn't always easy, but I think it, it just takes reps. I think it wasn't something I could do when I first started, but now I think it's just like second nature. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just getting to know the, the people on a personal level too, um, whether it's an older person or a younger person, like like, we, like we've been talking about, there is a life outside of basketball and they're bringing that into the gym. Um, and kind of like what you're saying, understanding how people use the sport differently. So some people might have a crappy day and they're using basketball to like make their day better, right? I don't need to talk about it. I just need to shoot these shots. These shots are my therapy. It'll make it better. Other people are like, no, I need to talk to you, coach. I'm going to talk to you for 20 minutes first, and then we can shoot our shots. Yeah. We'll actually play. yeah. If funny. I don't get this out, the workout's not going to be good. Uh -huh. um, so but once again, that just takes time and getting to know people. And I think that's that's the, 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 the biggest part of coaching. Um, <clears throat> sorry. At some point, you realize... For the most part, everyone knows the same X's and O's. 
I'm not teaching this person to shoot a different way than the next coach. I'm teaching the same crossover or bank shot as the next person. It's the relationships you build. It's how it's how you connect with people that really increases your program or team or individual sessions or or business. Um, so that's that's the big part, which I think some people don't understand at first, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the individual coaching. Right? It's just you and another person in the gym. If you can't connect with them, even if you're a basketball guru, they're going to go to the next person. So yeah, I think it's it, you know it's important for people to understand like in coaching and and really in life, you're you're going to hear the same thing over and over again, most likely as you said. It's just the way you said it just hits a little different, right? Like sometimes I've heard someone say something and it's like, I don't even know what the hell that means. And I've heard somebody else say the exact same thing, but they said it in a way that it just connected. It's like, oh my God, that's like maybe not life-changing, but I completely understand where you're coming from. And that totally makes sense. So as you said, it's it's really understanding the person. And I think it's that, that relationship, it's that connection with the person that allows you to actually be able to hit the right buttons. Even though you're saying the same thing, you're still hitting those right buttons, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. I love it, man. That's pretty cool. And so um, one one thing that I saw that I thought was really interesting, you worked with the NBA Academy, if I'm not mistaken, as well as the, the Golden State Warriors for a little bit. And so those, you don't kind of roll out of bed and do that, right? Like you don't, you know, you played overseas for a couple years. Incredible. Again, you got paid to play the game you love. A lot of guys have played overseas for a couple years and then went into coaching in some form or fashion. How, like, what are you doing differently or what were you doing differently for those types of opportunities to come about? Was it networking, marketing, just talking to the right people? Like, how do you even stumble upon those opportunities to get them and then, you know, stay at them for, I think you're at the Warriors for a couple years, right? Something like that. So how do those even come about and how do you make them stick more importantly? I think it's um, a combination of luck and you, you do have to like. No such thing as luck, Andrew. We don't believe in luck in this show. I'm sorry, man. You did a lot of hard work and you deserve it. No such um, thing as luck. Well, then to the second point, you just said you, you do need some hard work and determination um, and be able to capitalize in the moment. Um, see, see, you create your own luck. See, so you had it. You had it the whole time. To a certain degree. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, so the, the NBA Academy thing, I got that while I was in China um, playing in one of the, the, the leagues out there. Um, whether it was my hard work or luck, uh, the NBA Academy like manager was at the game. Um, I had a good game. We started yeah. talking. And then just from there, I just made connections and was, was able to get an opportunity to, to work with them for a few years. Um, and I think once you get in the door of whatever it is, coaching or different industry, you do have to show up and capitalize in the moment. Um, so great. I played, I played well in that game. I caught his eye. When I go to coach at the academy, I have to perform in that moment. I can't just show up and be like, oh, well, I made four jump shots last game. So that's yeah, good right. enough for me to just like be on your staff. Right. Um, so you, you do have to be prepared. You you do have to put in the work. Um, another cliche saying, like, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I think I do do a decent job of or at least trying to prepare myself when an opportunity does arise prepare myself as as best I can to to take advantage of that moment. Um, and then I think from there, being in the NBA is just like being part of a fraternity a little bit. Um, so got that job. My coach, while I was playing over there, um, his name is Rodney Hurd. He currently, I think he still works for the Bucks, um, but he, he's, he's worked for a few NBA teams. Um, so when I came back to the States, I now have NBA on my resume. So go into work 
or have a, have an interview with the Warriors. Um, they opened up a training facility in Oakland and do all these, all these camps. So I was fortunate enough to, to work with them uh, for a few years and a few summers and still still talk to all those guys. So actually in two weeks, I'm taking a group of kids from Drew School to go visit like the facility and nice. see the equipment and everything. Um, so back to like we're saying, just the connections and network. And once you're in relationships, showing up, putting in the work. Um, I might disagree with a little bit. I think luck is a little bit of it, but I do think your hard work and determination and uh, having some skill and a skill set is a big part of it as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess I, I'm more a little facetious about it. I don't. I, I believe that if uh, you, right place, right time is not luck. That is, you're you're fortunate. You're fortunate that that person showed up that day. But that person was going to come eventually. You yeah. showed. You also showed up that day too, though, right? So it's just one of those things that if you put yourself in an, it's you can't get lucky getting high on your couch at home, right? Like that's always <laughs> that's how it was said to me once. I was like, that's a really great point. Like you're 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 gonna get lucky. Coincidences happen when you put yourself out there and do a lot of good things. Coincidences don't happen if you're sitting on your couch at home. Like today, I, like I sat thing. on my I couch at home. I might, I might, might take that. that for that's a good case, one. Yeah. David Meltzer, he's incredible. Yeah. He said he said that one to me. And again, like I've heard a you know, saying like that. But when he said it, I was like, that's so true. Like, you're not going to get lucky sitting on your couch at home. You're going to get lucky being out there because coincidences only happen when hard work and determination keep happening over and over again. And it worked for you. And look where you are now, man. You're on the podcast. You've peaked. (laughs) I'll let you know that. You have absolutely peaked. And so I am curious, like, with all that. So you work for the NBA. You work for the Warriors. Obviously, still great connections. You have your, your own, you know, you have your own basketball program now you have your own company this is a business show how do you how easy how hard is it to find talent as you said you know you have someone going over to play in france you have a nine-year-old kid coming in the door is the price point the same because shout out that nine-year-old kid's parents or shout out that guy in france because clearly he's you know working some bank job out in san francisco or something so like what how does that aspect of it work how do you find clientele how do you how do you get people in the door and, and then again keep them in the door and build that relationship with them and show them not only are you growing them as basketball players but as people as well because that's the other side of coaching yeah part of it is you you, you do have to put in those hours um word of mouth is huge uh, so once you get that first second or third client um see if they have any friends or referrals and now yeah i'm training um the guy that's looking to go to France. I'm, we were talking about the USF Murray State game. I'm actually mm-hmm. rooting for Murray State because I trained one of their, their guys this past summer. Oh. Um, but you don't start out with those guys, right? <laughs> you don't. You don't start out. Some people do. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some person out there that has that story. Um, but for the rest of us, you're training the person that's looking to make their third grade team or looking to make the the freshman team at their high school. Um, so I think you just got to be patient and then keep growing. And then the price point. That's, that's even something now that I'm still debating on and finding out, like, am I charging too much? Am I not charging enough? You see your, your peers and your competitors. It's like, wow, this person's charging this much. Maybe I, I should charge that much. Um, and it, it does depend on where you're located. So mm-hmm. currently right now I'm in the Bay Area. Cost of living is pretty high here. I so rent's I think high, yeah. I can charge a, a, <laughs> a different price point than if I lived in Missouri or something, right? Like if I take these same prices and move to Missouri, they'd be like, there's, there's no way we're signing up for your session or camp or clinic or anything. Um, and then it is, if we're talking specifically like basketball training stuff, location, location, location is huge. It is like so critical for this. Um, I was fortunate enough when I first moved back to the States, 
had access to a boys and girls club. Um, and I basically just like lived there on the weekends. <laughs> I would just put in like 12 hour days, 13 hour days, eight in the morning to eight at night, training many people as I can. Um, but then from there, you just start building your clientele and you start building like a buzz and people start start um, hearing some stuff. Um, and then it is, you do try to find ways to get in some of those overseas guys or higher paying guys. Um, maybe you'll throw like a special discount, like a, like, like a pro run or something. Hey, 30 bucks ahead, we can play for three hours. And then for those three hours, just network, exchange business cards, exchange social media handles. Um, and then just be, be genuine. It, it is a business. I am trying to make money, mm -hmm. but I'm also also trying to help you honestly as well too. And I think especially my experience overseas helps with that. I know what you're trying to do. If you haven't done it yet, if you're currently doing it, I know what you're going through. Um, so a lot of times it's like, let me just help you with other stuff too. I'm sure you know the drills you need to do or the stuff you need to work on. But let's see if we can help you like, like bump you up a league to the, to the next division of, of the country you're playing in. Or if you want to get out of a contract or something, let's see if, if we can help out with that. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, it's just hard, hard, hard work and hustle. I mean, at the end of the day, who, at who wants it more, who's going to put in more hours and then, yeah, just go it's, from there. It sounds like it's you. It sounds like you're going to put in the most hours at this point. Uh, cause we only made it to like one of your three jobs. So <laughs> I can only imagine the amount of hours and time again, shout out your fiance. She goes through with this. She, she, I mean, she knew what she was signing up for. Right. So like. She is she she is the MVP man. She is uh she does remind me to to come home and you know stop oh, sure. stop doing some basketball stuff frequently. Oh, sure she but does. she is that's, the real MVP. That's awesome, man. So a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, speaking with Andrew Keith, former basketball player and owner of Andrew Keith Basketball. You also are a co-founder of a little nonprofit, Ball to Books. What exactly is that, and what I mean? You brought up the Boys and Girls Club, so I think I could start to connect some dots here. But like, what was it like? What was it about nonprofits? What was it about this opportunity or, or you know, co-founding this opportunity that really you know spoke to you to the point where you're like, hey, I, I have an extra thirty minutes. Like, let me let me give you that part of my day. Yeah. Um, so it was actually from uh, an overseas connection that I made. So through Andrew's basketball, you're really good at networking. I think I've I, I tried that to, up. man. I tried to. I think to. I've picked that up. It's all it's all about connections. Um, through Andrew's basketball, this is pre-COVID, um, was able to do a lot of like overseas camps and clinics. Um, so I've done some in Mexico, back in Hong Kong, and I was able to do one in Australia. Um, so while I was there, I met uh, some professional players and at dinner, we were all talking about like, what do you want to do like post-career? What's, what's your like post-career ambitions or ideas? And a bunch of people were just like, oh, I haven't thought about it yet, or I'm, I'm going to play till I'm 50, which is like really answers some people do say. Um, but one player by, by the name of Jackie Castro um, said, it was like, oh, I've always thought about like running a nonprofit or giving back in some way, giving back to a community. Um, so initially, it just started off as like a social media challenge. Um, we were just going to basically donate to an organization or school or community of our choice and then tag five friends to do the same thing um so we did that for about a month and some change and then people just kept asking like well when's the next when's the next challenge or when's the next thing you're going to do or this was great like how, how how can we get more involved uh 
So within that month, we donated to six different countries and I think like 35 different schools or something wow. like that. Um, and then from there, we, we just kept going and just kept going with the momentum. Uh, so now we've kept that like yearly challenge of donating to different communities and, and doing that. We've um, ran free clinics um, where the proceeds have gone back to a boys and girls club or a community center. Um, we did one in Acapulco, Mexico, where we uh, was like, like a food drive to attend the camp. You have to bring some canned goods, goes to the kids in the community. Um, we've done Black History Month profiles, um, Hispanic Month profiles, um, Asian American Month stuff, Women's History Month. So it's kind of just about education, giving back to under-resourced, underprivileged communities. Um, myself as a person of color, Jackie's a woman of color, um, just, just, just trying to help out where we can, understanding that we are in fortunate and like blessed positions, um, but just helping out people that look like us who may not be in similar situations. That's awesome, man. That is absolutely fantastic. I think, you know, you found something that you, you want to be a part of, right? And, and I think it's a funny way that how it started, right? <laughs> what are the chances? And then it actually turns into something like that. I think that is just super cool. Um, and as you said, you're, you're in a fortunate situation. You're, you're, you're in a good spot. So it's always nice to remember like, hey, not not everybody has it as good as me. Let's let's find ways to at least bring a little happiness, a little joy to their life. I always think that's really important. And you also we spoke about it a couple times now. You're the assistant athletic director and the boys basketball coach at the Drew School in San Francisco. We, we brought up you brought up the San Francisco Murray State game, San Francisco, Murray State kind of BS that they're playing each other. But it is what it is. Now, you're not a college coach yet, but I'm sure you'll get there one day. So what like you have you have so much stuff going on how like was is this your a1 is this your 1b like how do you deal with all this stuff that goes on in your life and and you're not just the coach you're an assistant athletic director which means you have a lot of other shit you have to do so like let's let's start out with that how much time do you have in a day i mean i got i got the same 24 as uh yeah. everybody else I, yeah, I, use I, it pretty I, don't, well, I don't have 25 or 26 um seems like it but then, honestly, I do do a good job of kind of, um, I get you kind of saying like 1A, 1B, kind of like shifting what the mm -hmm. 1A or 1B is like throughout the year. Um, so obviously, like during the basketball season, that is my 1A. That is like my primary focus. I'm staying up late to watch film and do scouting and stuff. Um, once the season ends, then kind of Andrew's basketball take, takes more of that priority. And then, you know, sprinkling ball to books here and there when I can. Um, so no, it definitely kind of is in like a rotation in my head. A lot of times it, it seems like it's a beautiful, like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. It's just very messy up there sometimes, but it, 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 uh, it, uh, somehow works and a beautiful mind. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. 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 Russell Russell yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Good movie. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, for, um, Kind of like we were saying, those are some like long hours because I did have other AD responsibilities, whether it's like scheduling games for other sports, right? Not even for my own team. Um, I'm scheduling like the girls soccer game or I'm scheduling like the baseball games in the spring. Um, and then also have to like mentally prepare to face like our inner city rival or, or something like that. Um, but no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was fun this year. It was my first year coaching the team um, at the school. Uh, it was a bunch. It was really fun. One of our one of the the best years for the school in a long time. Uh, not traditionally the strongest program, um, but we finished second in conference. We made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. We made 
our like sectional playoffs for the first time in like 15 years or something. Uh, a few like all conference selection guys. So very excited for what the future holds. Um, definitely some more work to put in, but I think we got a good, good group of guys to work with. Well, congratulations on that, man. That is awesome. And surprise, surprise, you get a former basketball player who's been coaching and developing and training for a significant period of his life. And hey, your team gets a little bit better. So it took a while <laughs> for them to get there, but they did get there. And I guess like what, well, like how, how do you, how do you take, I mean, it's, it's probably very obvious, but I want to ask the question anyway, how do you take everything from your previous life and not just put it into the basketball aspect, but also put it into the AD aspect, put it in the aspect that you're working with high school kids and man, High school was wild. If you don't remember, you're a little older than me. And, you know, so high school was, you know, 12, 13 years ago for me. So maybe a couple more for you. Those are like the weirdest four years of your life. <laughs> you're dealing with a lot of shit then. But like, how do you, how do you, you know, throughout your whole previous lives and, you know, everything that you're still doing, how do you kind of draw that into the, you know, the, the school aspect of what you're doing? Because I remember the athletic directors. I, I played on a bunch of teams, so I'd see them all the time and I would talk to yeah. them. You know, kind of how do you deal with that aspect of it? I think it's, I've been thinking about this a lot since I like been working here, um, understanding that everyone is not going to have the same like athletic aspirations or like journey or path that like mm -hmm. I wanted to do or set on. Um, and you can't, you can't put that on the kids and kind of like we were saying before, there's nothing wrong with it. I might just be on the swim team because my friend's on the swim team or I might be running track because I have a crush on the person that runs the 400 meters or something. Um, <laughs> What a, true, totally what, fine, like, right? what a true statement, though. That's You knew. Yeah. I can think back. I remember people who did that. And it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So and then understanding that kind of like we we're saying, that changes how you approach coaching or how you approach talking to them or how you set expectations or, or, or goals for the team. Um, and then kind of like you were saying, too, there's a whole other aspect of me being on campus and just being a like a point of reference for the kids, whether it's athletic related or not, we could just be talking about life or we could be talking about your crush that runs for 400 meters. You know, it has nothing to do with track. We're just talking about like, Hey, I, I need tips on like, where should I go on a, on a date next week or something? Um, which is fun. And I think that that's one of the more enjoyable parts of the job is uh, getting to, to see the kids in a different aspect or light than like just on the court or just at practice. Um, kind of get to know them on a different level, which is awesome too. So, and I'm sure that again, you know, as, as I said, you kind of pull things from your, your other jobs into that one. And I'm sure it goes the opposite way too, right? You're dealing with more high school kids, connecting with people, relationships. And I'm sure, again, that just helps in all aspects of all your jobs and all the stuff that you're doing, which is pretty incredible. So Andrew, man, this was awesome. That was a quick 40 minutes, right? Like that, that was, that was fast. That was easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Thank you so much. Um, so talk to me, where can everyone find out a little bit more information about you, your social media handles, if they want to look up the basketball program, if you got camps going around, obviously COVID is, it still exists, but I think we're kind of all just over it at this point. So maybe yeah. if you're going around the country, you're going around the world, where can we find some of that information out? Yeah. Uh, the website is andrewheathbasketball.com. Just all one word, andrewheathbasketball. Easy. Uh, Instagram at Andrew Heath Basketball, uh, Ball to Books at Ball to Books um, for Instagram, and then same thing for Twitter at Ball to Books for Twitter. Uh, my Twitter for Andrew Heath Basketball is actually at Drew Heath, uh, so D R U H E A T H. Had it had it pre the company and just brought it over. Love it. Um, and then yeah, in terms of upcoming stuff. Uh, like you said, the COVID stuff is making things a little iffy, but it's kind of people are over it. Uh, so nothing officially on the books yet for cancer clinics. Uh, I do have some things possibly lined up 
for like next fall, hopefully to go back overseas um, just for a short period of time to, to do some stuff. Uh, but if anyone wants updates, please check out all that stuff and you'll definitely find all the information there. Beautiful. I will add all the links and all the handles down in the show notes for everybody listening on the podcast or on YouTube. So you can check all that stuff out. Andrew, this has been incredible, man. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. One more time, Andrew Heath, former professional basketball player, founder of Andrew Heath Basketball, co-founder of Baldo Books, current assistant athletic director and boys basketball coach at the Drew School. As he said, make sure to follow him on all the social medias. Andrew, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Everybody obviously listening. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you for that. And other than that, man, enjoy enjoy the day because today and tomorrow, man, it doesn't get much better than that. And the weekend. Hopefully hopefully you got a day over the weekend you can sit down and watch basketball. How's that sound? Got some time, man. Got some time. It sounds good. I appreciate oh, you having me on, Mike. Thank pleasure's you. Pleasure's all mine, man. Thanks, everybody. Yep.